0: You're listening to Just Here for the Popcorn. I'm Kylie.
1: And I'm Tom.
0: And this is the first episode back for season two.
1: Yeah, we we took a little bit of a break, but we're back and we have a lot of things we want to share with you. And we're doing something we haven't done before, which is, I guess you can call it TV, right?
0: Yeah, it is technically TV. We haven't dove into TV before and we're about to. If you haven't gotten a chance to check out our trailer episode go ahead and do that it's just i think like two minutes long we're just kind of giving you an overview of all of the exciting things you can expect coming up in at least the beginning half of 2021 for just here for the popcorn maybe including some more marvel stuff maybe some dc stuff who knows but yeah it's, it's interesting it, it technically is tv but it's what we call TV nowadays, not the kind of TV they're portraying in the show, which is it's interesting. And, and this is also a good point before we get into a discussion on it, is this is a spoiler-filled reflection of the first two episodes of wandavision we haven't said that yet also so we're just so excited but this is going to have spoilers in it we are going to talk about the first two episodes of wandavision so we normally give our spoiler warning but it's mostly for movies that have been out for a while and you know if you're listening to this you've seen so i just want to make it very clear that if you haven't seen those first two episodes yet and do not want to be spoiled pause this go on over to Disney Plus watch it highly recommend and come back and join us for a conversation on that okay so going forward there will be spoilers
1: yeah we're recording this the day that it came out you know mcu content we haven't done episodes and we we would like to make some episodes about the mcu we will yeah we definitely will uh but we have not seen anything new from the mcu in almost 2 years i think the last thing was spider-man far from home which was summer 2019 Uh, Of course, they meant for Black Widow and a few other things to come out. But with the coronavirus, everything's pushed back. So this is actually the first thing back. And what a way to introduce their Disney Plus series than one that kind of pays homage to, you know, the history of television. Um, We can get into the plot and, you know, the references a little bit later on. But just what a great way to to start us off.
0: And it's interesting, too, because you and I are used to Netflix where we get a show and we have access to that entire show when we want. And I'm not good with waiting to watch something, so I I tend to be a binger when it comes to that. And the way that Disney Plus releases their TV shows is you kind of have to tune in on a weekly basis and that's something that's pretty new for me i know we are behind on the mandalorian so we didn't watch that weekly as it came out because we need to catch up somebody i'm not gonna name names but somebody needs to rewatch the first season before he can watch the second season so we haven't gotten to the second season yet, but, you know, so, so we get a little bit and we, and we kind of get to speculate what's going to happen, have theories. That's going to be like a really interesting component of this. You know, I remember way back in the day watching, you know, shows on the CW or even ABC with like Once Upon a Time. I remember that was a huge thing of like, what are the theories? Who's who? And, then you know, s- storybook land and it's, it's a very interesting way of going about it. And I'm excited that I have to wait to watch the next one because it, it builds up that anticipation.
1: It certainly does. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking about it now. So I have to wait a whole week just for another small episode. And we, we've trained ourselves that we can have everything we want. Even though I typically don't watch everything in one sitting, I like knowing that I can, at any time, I can just pop in. Can't do that here. I We do have to wait till Friday morning next week. By the way, we watched before this the little Legends. Uh, thing that's also in Disney Plus. So if there's so many different, I think there's 23 different MCU movies. And if you're not like over familiar with the characters, there it's like a little recap of each character. So there's one on Wanda and there's one on the Vision. So it's very helpful um, if you're, you know, get your characters mixed up or you can't remember who's who. Uh, uh, for that, I wish uh, there was a little bit more of like a more about the character uh in the comics and you know how they bring it to screen and how the actors and the you know creators view the character but this is just a helpful little recap for people who need it
0: yeah i had kind of wanted more out of that when we sat down to watch it beforehand and i wanted it to be a little bit more of like an explanation of the character wanda in the comics because i haven't read any wanda comics and it was a nice reminder but it, it wasn't that. I, w- I was really hoping that that would like, influence our discussion today. But I still think we have a really great discussion ahead of us.
1: You want me to get into the popcorn facts?
0: Absolutely.
1: So I changed it a little bit up because it's TV. The box office doesn't really factor in. But I'll, I'll try my best to do like an uh, adjusted version. So the series' name is WandaVision. We're covering episodes 1 and 2 today. Uh, release date, January 15th, 2021. The budget. So it looks like they're averaging $25 million per episode from what I've read, which means there's nine episodes in the series. This whole show probably costs around $225 million, maybe a little bit more overage after that. So about the cost of a big budget Marvel film, you know, all together. In terms of what to watch on top of WandaVision or instead, on Netflix there's several different things that have been out for a few weeks that are still very popular. You have... Uh, It looks like a true crime series called Night Stalker. Bridgerton? I don't know. You seem to be a little bit interested in that.
0: I've heard the buzz about it. I haven't checked it out yet, though.
1: There's something called Lupin, which it looks like it's more of like a heist film.
0: It's not Professor Lupin's story.
1: No, I looked at the trailer. No, there's no Lupin in there. Um, Cobra Kai, which is like a sequel series to the Karate Kid. And Disenchantment Part 3, which is like... from Matt Groening, who worked on The Simpsons. Amazon Prime, there's a, a movie that just released that's getting a lot of Oscar buzz. It's, called, it's based off a play called One Night in Miami. It's a fictional meeting of uh, like famous African-Americans of that era, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, Jim Brown, and just kind of like the conversations they would have had at that time. And it's following a victory Muhammad Ali had in a boxing match. Uh, it's directed by Regina King. So it's a, it's an interesting film. I go on iTunes because it's just like, what's a popular film to download and rent? What's popular to buy? Uh, you have three films all from 2020 that managed to come out somehow. Uh, Tenet, News of the World, that's that Tom Hanks you know, Western, and Promising Young Woman. Um, and in terms of competing shows to watch right now, you have American Gods Season 3 on Stars. The director of these first two episodes is uh, Matt Shackman, Or Shakeman. He's directed episodes of various series, including It's Always Sunny, uh, Fargo, and Game of Thrones. The writer and creator of this series, this specific, I guess, mini-series, is Jack Schaefer. Uh, she's worked on Olaf's, as a screenwriter, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. That was like that short 20-minute film in front of Coco. People got very upset. I remember going to the theater. There's a little kid behind me like what what what's uh why aren't we watching the movie yet like it's taking so long yeah i
0: love frozen i really do i went to the movie theater to see coco and that just dragged i watched it again after the fact and enjoyed it but that was not the place for it but this is a side tangent it's not relevant
1: she's also uh written uh screenplay for captain marvel and the upcoming black widow film the writer for episode two was gretchen enders so the actors you have elizabeth olsen as wanda maximoff who's the scarlet witch but no one's ever referred to her at this point in the mcu but by the scarlet witch i'm sure that they will by the end of this show and paul bettany as vision i love that he's called vision on the show of course we've seen uh wanda call him viz uh but people just at work call him vision as well
0: what's interesting too is they're the vision household like because when um, somebody knocks on the door or something, and she's like, "Welcome to the Visions," or something along those lines. So it's like, it's his name, but also kind of their last name in that world. And and we can get into like the the, the oddness of that world in general. But it, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, like, what would you call their? You know, is it is Wanda Vision? Is that her last name now? I don't know. Catherine Hahn plays Agnes, their next door neighbor. She brings a lot of comedy
0: i over. love Catherine hahn we'll talk about it but i just love her
1: and tayona paris plays geraldine but i 100 percent sure she's actually a different character we can get into that when to so like a speculation part the score is composed by christopher beck who's worked on many many things but buffy is a big one the muppets the the, the 2011 remake and uh, uh the ant-man film and its sequel and Frozen 2. The production was done by uh, Disney Marvel, and we watched this on Disney+. Plus. Uh, the runtime for episode 1 was 30 minutes, and episode 2 was 37 minutes. And this includes their one commercial each episode. We'll get into this, uh, like the fun facts, like uh, probably not gonna have it every episode. Uh, these are more like overriding ones. Scarlet Witch's first appearance was in X-Men 4 in 1964 by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And I'll have you know, she's Magneto's daughter. That means she's a mutant, but there's no reference to, to Mutant yet. She got her power from the Mind Stone, which was in Vision's head. So I wonder if this series will touch on mutants, because now mutants are... We'll, we'll at some point, will be in the MCU. Vision's first appearance was in Avengers 57, which came out in 1968. It was uh, created by Roy Thomas, Stan Lee, and John Buscema, but it's based off a timely comics character in the 1950s, before Marvel was Marvel. Not the exact same character, but they decided, oh, we like that guy. Let's bring him back in a new, like, completely different character.
0: I have a question. Yeah. I noticed that their house number is 2,800. Is there any significance to that number?
1: You know, I should have looked that up, and I had a feeling like, oh, might be, but uh, not that I can think of.
0: Oh, okay. I looked it up. It's not like it's a clear significance, um, but it might be tied to something I won't say if you if you're really curious you can look it up but it, it might be tied to something else in the future coming out from marvel
1: oh like another uh, series or movie later on yes okay so the working title uh, not the film of the show is big red which was the chewing gum that vision actually <laughs> accidentally consumed and i think that's more of a wink to uh wanda uh she's a scarlet witch uh but in terms of comic book basis you have the vision comic in 2015 by tom king i remember you read that one
0: was it the one with like vision and his family because when i one of the jobs i worked at we used to like exchange graphic novels back and forth so i read so many while i worked there And, and i do remember that one with like vision and his like perfect vision family who were trying to fit in
1: yeah that's the one and the other comic is more of a wanda focused one it's called house of m in 2005 where she of goes crazy and creates her own alternate reality um but it's tied in with uh mutants so i wonder we get something there that was by brian michael bendis okay so with that we can get into the plot of these first two episodes
0: i think we're, you know we probably won't do our plot or popcorn until the end of the series um just because this is a very different type of episode but i'm gonna start off by saying i really enjoyed this so it's not a spoiler for the end that i really enjoyed this I love the bewitched vibes that this gives you right off the bat and at some point this summer i watched that horrible movie with nicole kidman and will ferrell where they remade bewitched so i kind of had that fresh in my head pretty recently um and i also used to watch bewitched all the time like bewitched i dream of genie all that kind of stuff so i thought it was perfect that they kind of took that inspiration especially because like the whole point of bewitch is she's trying to blend in and pretend to be a normal human girl
1: there's only one show from the, like the 50s and 60s actually two shows i watched from the era and they were on tv land or Nick at night that was a uh, i love lucy was one um and the twilight zone was the other and i think in terms of like comedy and like what it looked like in the fifties of like a sitcom and you know, the laugh track you, that was what I love Lucy was. Um, but then in terms of like a, like a mystery where things look normal, but something's not right. Like, and we don't know the mystery yet. It just, it's been mostly them just stuck in this TV era. It that's what gives me very much twilight zone vibes. That's
0: interesting. I didn't make that connection. I definitely saw that I love Lucy vibes with like the, the silly humor. I definitely got the I Love Lucy vibes, but I, I didn't make the Twilight Zone connection. So I, I like that. And over everything else, I, I definitely see Bewitched more than anything. But I, I think it's nice that it takes inspiration from other shows of the time, the black and white shows. Or as we'll get to at the end of season two, not so black and white anymore. Things are evolving. But the the, the humor is like very like campy and silly. And it works here. I think it's because it was done on purpose. Like if if they were trying to really make you laugh with those jokes, it wouldn't work. But it's like over the top purposefully.
1: Uh, I mean, just to point out some jokes I loved in the first episode when Catherine Hahn comes in. It's like, I'm your neighbor on your right. Not my right, you're right, because you're on a set, so you're trying to understand the the direction her house is in.
0: And when she says, sorry I didn't come to greet you. My mother-in-law was in town, so I wasn't. Like, she just had the best lines, and she delivered them so perfect.
1: Uh, the other comedic moment I really love is uh, Vision just, like, not understanding what his company does. It's, like, the most generic uh, company name, Computational Services. And I love that he gets, uh, it's like, oh, you're like a walking computer. It's like... How dare you say that to me? Like, I'm much more than that.
0: And that's a joke that plays through the whole episode. Like, what do we even do here? And, oh, we measured the input and the output. Of what? Like, it was too perfect. In the language like bringing it back to the times like this is going to be a gas or uh, gee willikers I, I love the inclusion of that i have i moved that we all start bringing back those terms when we just interact with each other on a regular basis in 2021
1: i think it, it did have it was filmed in front of a live studio audience i probably gave it some authenticity make you feel like that was of course it's filmed black and white you know, when it's filmed in like that with a studio audience do they take their actual laughs or they still just pipe in this generic laughter i don't know how that works
0: i wonder because okay what if you find something like you're in a studio audience right and you find something funny that nobody else finds funny and you just hear one guy laughing in the background because it's just like i i don't know i don't know how that works i, I feel like it's the laugh always sounds kind of consistent so maybe it isn't like a, a the real audience laughter or what if somebody just has like a really funny laugh too and it's like overpowers everybody else's laugh i don't know but this is the things that we don't really have to think about anymore because studio audiences aren't as much of a thing any you know
1: yeah the laugh track i mean i guess some network shows still use it maybe like a big bang theory or i know that's not on the air anymore but the Sequel, prequel series may, might use it. But yeah, like more common like comedy sitcoms like stop using it. And I wonder if they'll get to show like The Office where that was like, like got away from that era of sitcoms. I'm really curious what else they're going to go. Cause it looks like they're going to travel through every era of sitcoms. You could tell the difference between episode one and two like even by like the fashion it was still black and white but they're already moving into like the 60s Um, and of course they they have uh ads (laughs) fake ads in these uh these uh, episodes kind of just uh a cherry on top of all the references to the 50s and 60s
0: is your husband tired of you burning his toast i i love that It, it it's funny because they they make a joke out of how ridiculous is it that you know like the the way women were treated in that era, too. It's interesting, because it's supposed to be this, like, you know, this picture-perfect life and this picture-perfect time, and really it's not. So they, I don't know, they're, like, poking fun at that.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I guess in the 50s, like, the television media made it, like, overt attempt to make it feel like everything's good, and you should present yourself as everything is good. Don't show your blemishes, so to speak where someone Vision work with got fired because he wasn't a good host for the boss, which, when's the last time you actually have heard that? Oh, I'm having my boss over for dinner to impress him and his wife so I can get a promotion. Is that something that was only invented for, like, sitcoms back back then? Like, I've never heard of that.
0: Maybe it was a thing. I feel like it was a Bewitched episode, but I could see, like, her misinterpreting what's happening as... Like a very, I love Lucy moment where it's like, oh no, I did the wrong thing that I'm not supposed to do. I want to talk more about like the significance of things that are going on, but I do want to point out first in the commercials that this toaster is by Stark Industries and the like tagline for this toaster is forget the past. This is your future. And it seems to be like a message to Wanda, you know, forget what happened, which she is forgetting. This is your future. This this reality that she seems to have created.
1: And I noticed that uh, the, the toaster sounded a little bit like the Iron Man repulsor, like his like the arm cannons he has. Just like the sound effect. Just to touch on that for a moment what you were just saying so wanda last time we saw her at the end of Endgame, vision was dead he was killed by thanos in infinity war but wanda had come back from the snap and they were at tony stark's funeral i think they were he, she was talking with hawkeye about the people who missed tony stark's sacrifice and how that they finally won they 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 won it everything back from thanos black widow had died so jeremy renner was hoping she black widow would find out that you know everything's okay and uh wanda said she knows and so does he uh, referring to vision she begs the question how did she get here this uh, the starting point is like they're just like on a tv show but what happened to put her on a? T- I mean we'll talk about that in future episodes but it's like our starting point has been erased and this new level of existence just is. Obviously, they're being watched. Someone's trying to communicate with her, but this, wherever she is with the uh, construct division, it it almost like wipes the slate clean. Like she's out of the reality we've seen for so long.
0: It's interesting, and I, and I have some thoughts on that. Once we get to the theories section, uh, we can share. And I I'm actually really excited to see how these theories are going to. Evolve as the episodes go on, but uh, you know I have some thoughts on that. But but it is interesting, right? Like it just picks up in this new world, this new reality. And it, what's interesting here is both Wanda and Vision get very tongue-tied when people ask them about themselves. To an extent, it's you know yes, they want to hide who they are, and pretend to be you know perfect citizens of this new community that they're in, but they. They get choked up because they don't know the answers, you know, like that there's that starts with, oh, it's August 23rd. There's a heart on the calendar. There's something significant here, and neither of them can remember. Vision says, I remember everything. I'm a computer. I would have remembered what's up here. Wanda has no idea. When Catherine Hahn's character comes in and asks her about, you know, what's going on? Is it a birthday? Is it, you know, a, a special event? Is it an anniversary? And she's like, oh, yes, yes, it's the anniversary. But she has no freaking clue. And at the dinner when the boss and his lady wife is what vision keeps calling her the the boss and the lady wife you know ask him like so how did you meet what's going on um and and they have no idea how to answer that so there's clearly something going on that neither of them want to face the truth almost and they're blocking it down and i could see it kind of being this like internal thing for scarlet Witch is she doesn't want to remember
1: almost by creating this reality potentially she's doing it so she can keep vision around in her head rather than live with the fact that he's gone and that nothing can interfere like i feel like people go back and watch these shows because it resembles something like a safe environment nothing bad happens in these sitcoms it's all cleansed and safe and you have a good laugh and you forget about your troubles right it's like the most basic escapism and that's exactly what I feel like happen- is happening with Wanda. Now there could be undercurrent with someone actually messing with her. Is Wanda doing it to herself? We're getting into theory territory. But it's going to pop up, I imagine.
0: Is there anything like you want to talk about in episode one that we haven't talked about?
1: Yes, yeah, so I'll bring up the boss's wife is the mom from That 70s Show. Um, I, lo- I love her inclusion because she was in a period piece comedy as well. Uh, I wonder if they'll even wink-wink to that and i wonder if their neighbors i think they have to will move with them through time i think so because Catherine Hahn is in it it's not like she's gonna yeah, stop here
0: i'm sure they will and, and i feel like they're i mean i see them almost as the there's like the neighbors and bewitched who are like always kind of spying and nosy and trying to like figure out what's really going on so I can see her like that, but then I can also see her being like an Ethel character to, you know, Wanda's Lucy or something like that, which it's just interesting the roles that they play in this. Like, katherine Ka- Hahn is almost like her insight into how to be the person she should be, you know, like, oh, you don't want to cross this person because you won't have access to the country club or stuff like that. And She's the one who brings over all the dinner stuff for her and is willing to, like, step in and help. So she's almost, like, her guide in this world, it feels like.
1: We'll talk a little bit at the end about Agnes, but I think there's something interesting about her. Uh, Not too much yet, but I don't know. I'm feeling suspicious.
0: Did you look up anything? Like, do you like? you have more Marvel insight than I do? Because I'm, like... Newer and a newbie, your fan to all of this, but like, do you have insight or do, do you know something that I don't? You don't have to tell me because I kind of want to be surprised as we go. But it, it seems like there are things you know that I don't.
1: Uh, I do know something about the Geraldine character, but uh, not too much. But the Agnes character, I do not. But I think it, there's more to it than just the neighbor next door, you know. There's going to be the comedy piece, but then what's going to happen a little later on?
0: You never meet her husband, which I think is interesting. Even in the second episode, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you don't see her husband at that event. She always talks about her husband and makes those jokes like, can it make my husband disappear? Kind of a thing. And But, but we haven't met him yet. So then that's interesting that, you know, maybe there is something going on with Agnes.
1: I'll say two more things. One's more general. Another thing about sitcoms from this era, maybe a few hours after there's no continuity. So after the end of every episode, the slate is wiped clean again. So it's just a one-off adventures. You know, there's not a building continuity, right?
0: It doesn't seem like, yeah, there there really is. It's just a whole new fresh story, a new problem to, to solve. Um, there's the same characters like you see when in the next One division goes to the Neighborhood Watch meeting. Two men from his job were there at that meeting as well, but they're not you know referencing anything from the previous episode
1: uh the other thing that happens in a specific to episode one but you do see another type of occult malfunctioning event in season two season two episode two where the, the boss chokes on his food and vision has to take the food out but the wife of the boss is like not even like too concerned that her husband's choking it's almost as if she's like glitching if that's the term and she's like oh i forget the I, say, I want to say like Harold's, his name's like, stop, yeah. stop. And she's still smiling and laughing, but it looks like she's about to like burst.
0: And and Wanda to envision are kind of like looking at each other and they let it go on and for a long time until he falls out of his
1: chair. And it's almost, as we get into episode two, it's like their presence there is not a natural thing. So just by being there, they're disrupting whatever... Or maybe they created it, and the, the, their world that they have created is going to start rupturing when they start thinking about that they're not actually supposed to be there.
0: It's interesting you brought up the the continuity too, and in in the beginning when you get exposed to that story, uh, Vision's coworker who got let go because of the you know he only had five course meals and a string quartet playing to keep them entertained. And that was justification for letting him go. Yet, you know, Vision and Wanda don't host the perfect dinner. The people are starving. There's no entertainment except for Vision singing yakety yak, and it was a, a it was not a great event. And based on what happened earlier, that should be grounds for firing. However it brings it back to like oh everything's fine everything's perfect at the end like we had a great time i don't know it it, it seems like it like almost like kind of wants to auto correct to perfection at some point for wanda and vision
1: well i mean they literally create rings for themselves right in episode one and then by the just jump into episode two by the way these episodes don't have names it's not a bad thing or a good thing
0: you just love your episode names. yeah i do
1: i do <laughs> um episode two by the end of that they are pregnant and they have color they're moving into the 70s i guess but episode two is kind of like a 1960s they have an animated intro in
0: yeah so we can one. we can get into episode two now if you've covered up and everything in episode one cool so I, I will say going from one episode to the next I didn't need that Marvel intro because I kind of feel like it took me out of that world that they're trying to create. Perhaps there's a purpose for it, but I am not a fan of intros uh, for every episode. And I know you love your intros, so like we'll be watching something, and I'll, you know, utilize the skip intro feature, and um, we'll not be happy about it. But um, I-, I prefer the intro that they did within the wandavision show like the you know hokey tv show intro that worked better for me
1: yeah they almost didn't need that um i noticed uh the like the typical mcu like crawl um i guess not a crawl just intro um cinematic the retired characters of the mcu like captain america and iron man they're grayed out as if like they're remembered but they're not actively part of the mcu anymore i just thought that was interesting
0: that is interesting i didn't catch that um but i still like maybe in front of the first episode that made sense but i don't know if we needed every episode but i i, I could disagree with me feel free to
1: um, i think it's because we watch these back-to-back probably like if you're watching it a week apart it's probably not as noticeable um but we're watching we watch these two back-to-back and it's probably not necessary
0: so an interesting point to kind of talk about the evolution of, I I, don't, I guess the evolution of how things were on TV or maybe what you were allowed to do is it starts with Wanda and Vision in separate beds. And I very distinctly remember that being like a Lucy and Ricky thing for I Love Lucy. I don't remember if they did that on Bewitched. Um, but what was interesting is because of whatever the sound was going on outside you know she snapped her fingers and the beds got closer together and then she's like well hey i like this We redecorated and then she turns it into one bed and you know beyond it it kind of just being a cute little moment that happened i feel like that shows significance because at a certain point on tv you probably could when you could only show couples sleeping in separate beds because you didn't want to hint at sex even though they're married couples and that evolved, right? That's something I remember
1: too. Um, that was a running joke as shows of that era. Husbands and wives didn't sleep in the same bed. I actually thought of uh, how I met your mother when Marshall and Lily have separate beds to sleep in because that they constantly wake each other up. And right off the get, I'm getting uh, like vibes of uh, one movie I really like. It's it's on the older end now. Came out in the, the 90s. Pleasantville where, you know, a brother and sister accidentally get sucked into their favorite TV show, of the 50s, um, and then their their presence, like as I was saying with Wand and Vision, actually, in a sense, corrupts the show, where it's, everything starts turning into color, but then the characters start acting out of character as well. They do different things. They're more interested in stuff that they wouldn't have been interested in the show. You know, it was, it's Toby Maguire and um, Reese Witherspoon. they, like, they're talking to characters and they, they influence events and just seeing the color when Wanda first notices it, that's like it remind me of that because I feel like the plot is very similar at this point. What's
0: interesting about that helicopter, though, is those colors felt very Iron Man colors to me. Like I almost when I first saw it thought it was an Iron Man action figure toy in the bushes. Uh, and then she pulls it out, and it's a helicopter, and she's so confused, and this is the first time that you see color in the show, and it throws Wanda off, and then you also see it again later, where, you know, um, Dottie cuts her hand, and there's blood in her hand, and it's, again, it's something red, which is Wanda's color, but I... I, it feels like a connection to the real world, at least in the beginning of the episode. This like throws her off.
1: So you have uh, episode two, just like absurd plot where they have a a, a talent show, right? And it, and then they keep on saying it's for the children. Um, were there any children there? I don't no. believe so. <laughs> I love that so much. And uh, the something that came up in episode one a little bit, but definitely a lot here was, um, do you have children? Or, you know, like winking, like, you know, when you are ready to have kids. And then one is like, oh, slow down there, you know.
0: Well, it, it's funny because it's like a people expect that of you, right? Once you're married, it's okay. Well, when are you having kids? And that feels like it should be such a dated concept. But no, you still get that even in 2021. And you still get that nowadays. <laughs> so when are you having kids? Or hints at you having, you know, a child.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So that that's like a... <laughs> I just love that they keep on like chanting for the children. <laughs> These episodes are short so I can I feel free to just jump around a little bit. So Vision, he like essentially like storms in on a private neighborhood watch meeting and like uninvited but he uh hangs out anyway. Well
0: it's a joke meeting too, right? Yeah. When they say neighborhood watch is they're gossiping about all of their neighbors.
1: Yeah, like this guy's not actually a good cook or something like that. Um I thought it was something interesting. Vision said, "It's like, well, this my coworker, he's a communist." It was like, "Whoa, that would have been like a, a like a very serious accusation back then." And then even episode one, uh, the boss realizes, "Oh, your wife's foreign. We don't break bread with Bolsheviks." You know, which is a, another communist reference. It's a big thing the the Red Scare back in the fifties. So when he like accuses him of being a communist, that's a huge deal. I think even Ricky Ricardo of, um, no, it's it's Desi Arnaz. He was accused of being a, um, a sympathizer to communists. Like, he got in trouble for that. I was like, whoa, that is, that's, but then they all laugh at it.
0: Well, they, they thought he was joking. Yeah, but it was, but I was like, that, like play was,
1: play that was a big deal.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because it's it's like a group of men who you think would, like, go and, and get down to business and, and get stuff done. But they're literally sitting around gossiping when you go to the women's meeting and they're actually getting shit done.
1: Yeah, it seems like they have a lot of work to do. And Dottie's, like, on everyone's case to keep moving. And, like, there's no side conversations allowed. And this is how you meet Geraldine, who's a mysterious character who... When you first meet her, says she doesn't know why she's here, and I wonder if there's more people like her, or I don't know, somehow lost her memory. She was inserted into this reality, but kind of got scrambled along the way. And you also get the one of the radio messages to Wanda, like, uh, you know, who's doing this to you? Where are you? Respond, respond. And then this is when she has one of her freezing moments, and Dottie's like also suspicious of her too. But then as soon as the message ends. It kind of just goes back to normal.
0: It felt like Dottie, you know, being suspicious triggered that connection with the real world, which is is interesting. I I have some ideas about like what's actually happening, and I, and I'm actually conflicted on like what I what I think the direction is, and and again, this is without like any kind of like bigger Marvel knowledge and just. W- couple years ago reading that vision comic that i vaguely remember so i'll, I'll save that for our theories at the end but at this event that vision goes to they give him a piece of gum and let's shout out to the humor here for a minute when he's like oh i don't eat food and they're like oh no, it's fine you know it's gum and then he's like oh it's just for mastication and the guy there's like i don't do that um which is just too funny but vision chews the gum and i think it's like somebody hits him and he swallows it or something like that and the transition to the animated like gear system inside of vision is just too perfect i love that
1: it's so fitting of that time Uh, i loved it so much and then so i guess if there's gum or stuff trapped in his innards which is weird because couldn't he just phase it out of himself but this is a sitcom so he shows up drunk to the event and is a little brazen and shows his powers off a little bit of course he couldn't get it right with the cards like the is just your card it took him to the very last card to get it right which is actually also a feat in and of itself like wanda keeps on like changing it up it's like oh no it's a cheap magic trick because look there's a rope pulling my husband up when he's levitating or there's mirrors when he moved the the top hat through his entire body so, at the start of the show, when he's drunk, he says, Tonight we will lie to you and you will believe our deceptions. He goes on a little bit more, but I think that's like indicative of this entire series. It's all a fabrication, it's parlor tricks. But is Wanda doing the parlor tricks and suppressing her own reality or someone else doing it to her? And that's the greatest mystery at the moment because you know it's not real. This is all this nice farce. You know, it's a very different direction for a superhero series to be pretending to be a sitcom there's not really action going on they're just you know the 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 beauty is the mystery who's perpetrating it
0: i legitimately appreciate the different feel though because don't get me wrong i love the marvel series like the i think like 95 of them absolutely adore But it kind of gets old when it's the same thing over and over again. So when they refresh it, when they give it a different feel, and the entire just vibe feels like it could stand on its own, I appreciate it. I want to call out the commercial in this one. So this is for Strucker Watches. He'll make time for you. So he's the one that was experimenting on Wanda and Quicksilver, right?
1: Yes, Yes, he was the, the villain in a post credit scene and the first half of Age of Ultron before he gets killed off. He uh, helps, as agent of HYDRA, gives um, Wanda and Quicksilver their powers to fight against the Avengers. But his plan doesn't work out. Ultron takes over after that.
0: So will he come back? That'll be interesting to see. I love the use of commercials here because when I first heard that there were going to be commercials, I thought, oh, that's a fun nod to the times. But now I'm starting to see that there's more to these commercials. They're hinting at either what's really going on or, you know, like how wanda is like working things out in her mind and it just is a brilliant tool for storytelling here that they're using very well
1: so they uh somehow like manage to pull off like this great comedic act and uh not give out even though vision's drunk that they actually do have you know supernatural abilities and they just try to leave it's like this is a weird experience just get out of here and then they get they're given an award (laughs) for comedic you know it's like oh I actually wonder could this show get an Emmy for being, you know, so out there.
0: Innovative too in the, the way that they're telling stories. I I think that goes back to like my point in the last episode too was that everything could be going wrong and not according to plan or not as it should be and really like, you know, they should be kind of looked at funny for what they did and how ridiculous it was, but then it auto corrects to absolute perfection.
1: There's two things that happen. Uh, you know, they joke around. Yeah, that was a show for the children, you know, despite not seeing any children there. And then all of a sudden, uh, Wanda looks down. She's, uh, she's got a baby bump, and, you know, she asks if this is real, and Vision's like, of course this is real. But it's like they hear the racket outside again. From the beginning of the episode, there's like a tree making noise. But uh, they just want to investigate outside. And coming out of a hole is a beekeeper surrounded by bees, And she just quickly says, no. So it's like the tape is rewound, and they're back at that moment again. But instead of the beekeeper, it's like they're advancing through time, and color invades their whole living space, and they have a makeover themselves. And I think now we're in the 70s.
0: She says to him again after they rewind, like, is this really happening and I mean, it's it's interesting because it's, just, it's not really happening. And she, I think somewhere deep in her mind knows that it's not actually happening. So for her to say that and then say it twice, like questioning what is, you know, what's, what is the reality here? You know, what's going on? So I, I guess I see color being an indication of them moving into a new era of television but I almost thought that like, you know, was that significant to like a break with this world? Cause it, it felt like earlier in the episode that color was representing like pulling away a little bit from what was going on in the moment and getting a little bit closer to what's going on in the real world. So twice that happened, and then here she sees the beekeeper come out of the storm drain and she pulls back from it. But then the entire world is full of color. So is that an indication that you know that this connection with this fairy tale reality is breaking?
1: Maybe because uh, I, I guess the 1950s idea of a concept is everything is perfect, right? Everything's cleansed, and there's a, you only have to worry about these very you know silly problems. But I notice as you go through different eras of TV, things get a little more grittier, or the problems even in a sitcom, there's more realness to them. So maybe she'll start to experience that. And they're also going to age up as well. They're looks like they're going to be parents now, you know. And of course, the series and e- the show ends with someone watching them trying to reach out to them again. But they're just enjoying their Picture-perfect world on a TV screen. It's
0: like everything's moving along as it's supposed to. Like, right, this is the ideal reality. Is you get married, right? You buy a house. That's what they did. They came in in their wedding clothes in this new house that they bought. There was a silly moment where he was carrying her phased through the door and dropped her, you know, to to go inside. Like that was great. They corrected the problem that they didn't have rings because there probably wasn't actually a wedding there. And then the next step, or so society in the world tells you, is you're supposed to have a baby after you get married and buy a house. So it's like their their life is following this perfect path that they're supposed to be on. It, it it's very interesting and it's also very confusing because there's so many different elements and i can't wait for the moment where you're just like oh and it all comes together the way that it's supposed to do you want to jump to some theories
1: i do um so we're doing this instead of notable character and theme and whatnot we're just to save that to the end with a plot or popcorn but uh i really think agnes is a secret villain in this series um she kind of helps Wanda out with her, you know, understanding of this reality uh, throughout the eras. But I think she's there, in a sense, to extract something from her or manipulate her to do something she wants her to do. Because Wanda has this great power. So, almost like taking advantage of Wanda being vulnerable, you know, after losing vision. And giving her what she wants and vision in this fabricated reality but then at the same time taking something away. But we don't know what that is. I noticed they kept, these first two episodes, they kept things very close to the vest. There's really not much to know about what's going on with this series in terms of the direction. You just know that they're in this TV show reality. That's about it. And someone's trying to reach out to her. But I think Agnes is at the center of this. And she's so close to them. It's kind of that thing of keeping your enemies closer than your friends um because she's manipulating her but i still think wanda is doing this somewhat to her own accord and doesn't want to face reality and i think shield or some other agency is trying to reach out to her because after endgame she went awol it's like what the hell happened to wanda like someone like a big a big uh avenger such as her with like these big uh you know, hex powers these magic powers she should you know we should reach out to her if something's going wrong so they're trying to get her back under control uh so what do you think um uh, is going on with this show
0: that's interesting about agnes i'm gonna pay attention to that next to see because that wasn't the first thing that came to mind but that that's an interesting theory i feel like somebody must be messing with her mind And this is how she's coping with it. Like rather than give them the answers that she's looking for, she's pulling back to this like reality that she's created in her subconscious, you know, like we've talked about is a very like American dream kind of classic TV show, very like, you know, like dated and archaic views of women and their role in the household and stuff like that. But it, like you said before those kind of shows nothing bad happens it's supposed to be the picture perfect life right so she's pulling back from i don't know if it's like torture or, or what's going on people trying to get answers for her again into her head and and living in this like subconscious world that she's created and it really feels like every time like the color got involved especially in this last episode she's more connected to her conscious and what's really going on but i I almost feel like it's like a protective thing where she's doing this for herself, like to herself to keep herself safe. Like I said, though, I am curious to see how this idea evolves over the course of the show. But, you know, right now it feels like a a defense mechanism to keep herself safe.
1: Okay, I can see that. Um, I think they did a great job of these first two episodes. Something so different from what we've seen.
0: I'm so impressed. I love it.
1: I don't know if I would watch these episodes again just by themselves, because I want to see how it plays into the greater mystery of this entire miniseries, but I think this could be a fun thing to put on in the background. Um, and when we, years from now, eventually do a phase four rewatch, seeing how that all ties in, I would love to see this again as a package deal with everything else. So
0: Absolutely. If you like this episode, um, don't forget to rate and review. We would really appreciate your feedback here. We are so happy to be back. We have a lot of great things planned coming forward. So make sure you check out that season two trailer if you haven't, to kind of get a heads up on, on what's coming next, but at least in the immediate future next week we will be talking about episode three of wandavision so stay tuned for that and don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified when the new episode comes out
1: thank you hon and have a marvelous day everyone oh clever bye bye